Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind. A mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick. The latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is October 9th, 2018. This is entering week six of the 2018 NFL season. My, how time flies when you're having fun. Anyway, my name's Michael Azarek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, very experienced fantasy player, very good friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Really good, but like you said, you know, time is flying. It's amazing. We're halfway through the, the season, regular season for, for FFPC scoring leagues, and we're nearing the halfway point for most uh, regular uh, leagues which play head-to-head. It's just amazing the season is just ripping by yep it's just crazy and uh, we're, we're still in the middle of uh, the short buys uh, in terms of only two teams off this week uh, I want to remind everyone that Detroit and New Orleans the Saints just put up big numbers on Monday night you have to sit them this week because they're not playing along with the Lions of course uh, and then we really get into a lot of a big mess of <laughs> buys teams uh, four teams off week seven and eight and then six off week nine four and ten and six and eleven it's going to get really messy, people, but we're here to help you guide uh, guide your team through the entire regular season and into the playoffs. Uh, let's get right to the news and notes. The big uh, injury this past uh, weekend was actually a, kind of a big surprise. Um, Jay, uh, Jay, the running back for the Eagles, left the game with a uh, knee injury, but then he came back, played, and there was not really much talk of it after the after the game was over and into Monday uh, morning and Monday afternoon, the Eagles announced that he had a torn ACL and he's gone for the season. So uh, as a result of that, you've got uh, a dinged-up Corey Clement who actually practiced in full on Monday and Tuesday and was set to return to action and play this Thursday night. They had a short week against the Giants, along with Wendell Smallwood. Um, and then they've got a guy named Josh Adams there. Uh, however, the big news is that they're, they've inquired with the Buffalo Bills about bringing Shady back to the Eagles. So the question, Chris, is is this a right move for them to make? Do you think it's going to happen? What do you what do you think uh, what do you think happens? Uh, well, I think it would be a great move for both teams. I mean, the Eagles have a lot of draft capital they can spend, and that's really what the Buffalo Bills need. They don't need a 30-year-old running back right now when they're in full-on rebuild mode. So it would be a great move for both sides. And, again, McCoy does know some folks in that locker room, that organization. But, you know, there's also some other guys that would make a lot of sense, too, uh, but are less likely to happen. Guys like LeGarrette Blunt, bringing him back, 
He was obviously a big part of the run last year, and he's splitting time right now. But Detroit and Matt Patricia is not going to part with him. He saw him score 18 mm-hmm. touchdowns with the Patriots a few years ago. You know, there might be a guy like Doug Martin that could be available off, off the bench or maybe Amir Abdullah from Detroit. You can get in the trade. But mm-hmm. McCoy was, makes way too much sense. Um, uh, hopefully it will happen because I think that would be great for McCoy's fantasy value, for the fantasy value of the rest of the Eagles, and it will really help the Bills get back in their rebuild mode a little quicker. Yeah, the Bills uh, just coming off a, a shocking win against the Titans. They're, they're two and two, uh, and yet they have a quarterback that uh, couldn't even throw for 100 yards this past week. But uh, Shady ran for 85 tougher yards uh, this past weekend, so looks like you know he's he's healthy once again coming off that rib cartilage injury that he had. Uh, anyway, moving on over, but uh, we're not going to really just talk about the big news or whatever. There weren't any other real big news. We're going to talk specifically about players that you might uh, find on your waiver wire here. And was going to say, yeah, it's about time. Okay, Robbie Anderson scores twice. Uh, the Jets just totally changed their off their offensive game plan. A lot of that had to do with the fact that I think Quincy Nunwa had some kind of hand injuries, wearing some kind of brace, couldn't catch the ball. Only had five targets, didn't catch anything. And here we go, a 77-yard touchdown pass to to uh, to Robbie Anderson, another 35-yarder later in the game burned uh, Bradley Covey there uh, for for the uh, for the Broncos. So, uh, but he only still only saw five targets in the game. So, uh, you know, let's say you uh, you've got a Nunwa or you've got other uh, players there on the back end of your roster that are not doing much here in the last couple of weeks or whatever. Um, obviously, you're you're going to make a play for Robbie Anderson. What if you have to make a bid on him? Uh, do you do you, out of a thousand dollars? Are you spending a hundred dollars, two hundred, three hundred? What what what's the limit there? I think he might be worth twenty percent of your or twenty maybe twenty five percent at most of your roster if you've got a lot of your money still left. Um, Robbie mm-hmm. Anderson, if you look at the his ADP and his average auction value before the season, he was projected as the top fantasy receiver for that team. A few people liked Anunwa as a sleeper, but most people said Robbie Anderson is going to be the guy with the most point-scoring potential. He hasn't done it yet. He hasn't got the targets. You wonder if he just hasn't meshed with, with, uh, with Sam Darnold. But, you know, he still has scored three touchdowns already through, through five games. So it's not been bad. And if he actually starts to do what people expect him to start with, then you're getting quite a bargain if he's actually on the waiver wire. I know I've got him stashed on my bench in a couple of leagues right now uh, just because I thought that sooner or later he had to start producing. Now, I wouldn't expect two touchdowns or even a long touchdown every week, but I think he's going to be better than he's been through through the first four games. Yeah, really, week two through four, he didn't do much of anything. A couple of passes here and there uh, to 10, 20 yards and such. He had the 40-yarder for the score in week one and, of course, this past week. So, But uh, obviously, if he's out there on your waiver wire and you don't have to do a bid on him, put in, a, you know, uh, obviously a pickup for him. And, you know, if unfortunately, if you are, like, sitting at 0-5 or 1-4, or then you've probably got a good chance of picking him up because there are some people out there that got tired of Robbie Anderson's uh, less than five-point production each week, uh, especially for PPR. Uh, just in, and he just does, to dump he does have outright. a good matchup this week, too, so if you want to pick him up or stream him this week, it might not be bad with the banged-up Colt secondary. That's right. Okay, uh, moving on over to the Green Bay Packers, who were also banged up at the wide receiver position going into the game. Devontae Adams had a minor calf injury. They rested him, and he ended up playing and having a big game. But the other guys uh, were MIA. Uh, Geronimo Allison didn't play with a concussion, and then Randall Cobb, of course, has sat out a couple of weeks now with a hamstring, and he wasn't close to playing, although apparently he was closer to playing this week. But you got the two rookies. And I'm going to say one name, and you're going to say the other, because the second one I can't say it's The first one, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, and? 
Equinemius St. Brown. What a great name. <laughs> there, you, there you go. I know. So we're just going to call him MBS and and St. Brown. <laughs> They're the guys that, that stepped in for these uh, for these injured players this past <laughs> past week. Excuse me. And uh, MBS scored. He almost scored twice. He got uh, tackled right at the at the at the goal line on the other catch. He had a solid twenty point game around there uh, for uh, for PPR. And then St. Brown had uh, what three nice catches for eighty nine yards. That's more than ten points in a PPR system. So the question is, are these guys worth picking up? Uh, what do you do if you if you own Allison or, or, or Cobb? I guess you pick them up. But what if you don't and you're just looking for somebody to possibly play this week or next week during these buys? It, it, it's kind of kind of iffy. It looks like Allison may come back. Uh, what, what's your take on this, Chris? Yeah, that's kind of my guess, too. I think these guys are just, you know, opportunists. They took advantage of a good opportunity, a game where, where Rodgers had to throw a lot, and they happen to be the only guys active. So uh, I, I think Allison and Cobb are clearly far superior and more experienced and more trusted than Rodgers right now. So as soon as these guys are healthy, and again, like you said, it could be as early as this week for Allison, these two guys are going to go right back to disappearing. I mean, they only had like two catches and five targets combined through the first four games so, because the other guys were on the field. So I am not that interested in them. Maybe if you know that one of these, the Allison and Cobb are both out again, for a week or so, but they're going to disappear. The big thing this does for me is it tells me that Rodgers can hold his value (laughs) as he still put up ridiculous numbers throwing to a bunch of guys whose name we can't even pronounce. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there. And if you're going to choose between one or the other, uh, you go with MBS because uh, he's replacing the more gimpy guy in Cobb that's got that hamstring that could keep him out another week or two. I really think that uh, Geronimo Allison was very, very close to being cleared. They they waited as long as they could and said, let's give him another week here and then he'll be okay. And, you know, that's from all indications – that's going to be the situation. Of course, we're we're doing this podcast on Tuesday night. We'll see. Uh, obviously, both these guys practice uh, fully this week. Then you know that's there. You got your answer. If they're limited or they sit, then you got to watch it out and see what's going on. And, and it doesn't hurt to grab MVS. You've got room on your bench to see what happens with Cobb there. Uh, moving on over to New Orleans. Congratulations to Drew Brees for becoming the all-time leading pass yardage guy in the NFL. Did it on a long touchdown pass right before the half to uh, rookie Traquan Smith who's been really been, uh, not been heard from this season. A couple catches here or there, and there he is, number 10, blazing down the right sidelines, catches the long pass for a score, catches a second one in, uh, in the second half, but he only had three catches on the game, two scores here. Uh, is he worth picking up uh, if you were a de- desperate a wide receiver? Or, uh, Chris, what do, you, what do you think of Smith? Do you think he's got a future there, or is this just another opportunist? I, I think he's got a future there. Right now he's an opportunist, I think, but he does have a future there. He's a guy from a dynasty perspective that I really like. In fact, in one of my uh, keeper leagues, an auction league, I picked him up at the end of my my auction for a dollar because I thought he might be effective sooner than later, especially with Meredith being gimpy. But he's going to be on the field a lot more than MBS and and Equinemia St. Brown are going to be as as comparisons on a high-powered offense just as well. And he's going to contribute and continue to rise more and more, uh, I think, over this year. Will he be useful through the bye weeks? It remains to be seen. Bree spreads the ball around a lot, and he's got a real target hog in Kamara and and Michael Thomas. So I'm going to say skeptical he'll be much, but he's certainly going to be better than the two Green Bay guys we just talked about, in my opinion. Okay, I had a question for you. Uh, Ted Ginn is out with a knee injury. I have uh, Cameron Meredith on one of my teams. If I pick up Traquan Smith, who are you going to end up playing in two weeks when they come back, either Meredith or Smith? What do you think? Uh, in a PPR league? Mm-hmm. 
In a PPR league, I might give a slight edge to Meredith because I think he probably knows more of the route tree. But in a, in a, in a standard scoring or in a touchdown-heavy league, I think I might go with Smith. Okay. Well, lots to think about here, especially over the next two weeks. Of course, remember, people, if you pick up Mr. Smith this week, he's not going to be helpful because he's on a bye. Uh, but um, on the other hand, if you're doing, if you're playing in a, a place where a league where you have to bid on these guys, you might actually get him at a small discount because he's not playing this week. Uh, one other note before I get to the injuries is that Jacksonville's basically been ravaged by running back injuries. Fournette, of course, is out again this week uh, with a hamstring injury. He's not going to play. And now uh, Corey Grant, uh, one of the backups, their speedy backup, has been uh, put on IR. He's gone for the year with a, a Liz Frank foot injury. So that just leaves T.J. Yeldon. So they went in and brought in a lot of backs, veteran uh, backs, to work out for them. And lo and behold, they signed Jamal Charles. What's your uh, thoughts immediately on this signing, uh, Chris? Is uh, Jamal Charles worth a pickup? I, he intrigues me. Uh, I, this reminds me an awful lot of what the, the Redskins did earlier this year when they picked up a, the veteran Adrian Peterson off the street. They didn't bring him in just for depth in the backfield. They brought him in to put him in the starting lineup. And this, this maybe makes me a little concerned about, about Fournette. He may even be a lot farther away from playing, maybe after their bye in Week 10 or whatever. Uh, after the, I think they have a bye Week 9, then maybe play in Week 10 after that. So I think he's being brought in to play some significant snaps. They didn't bring him in. Like, they could have got a guy off a practice squad or low on a bench somewhere to just give them running back depth because they need it. I think they brought him in to put him in the lineup, because that's the kind of guy you don't just bring in and sit him on your bench. So I, I, that, this makes me a very worried about Fournette, and I think he might be worth a flyer, especially if you need a, a lottery ticket at running back. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you that. And uh, going on the trend from last week, you know, I'm, uh, I told you I'm in this experts uh, uh, FF Webmasters League, and it's a 14-team non-PPR league, uh, and they run their waivers right when we start the show. So I just got the results of the waivers. I, of course, have tried to grab Robbie Anderson and Traquan Smith, and those guys were already gone. But I'm, I'm, I'm fortunately down the list uh, because I, I won my third game of three and two in pretty good shape in this league. But Robbie Anderson was the first one to be picked up. Martavis Bryant was picked up uh, before Traquan Smith, and Alan Hearns was too, which is a little bit of a surprise. Then Traquan Smith was. Somebody needed a kicker, so they got Adam, Adam uh, Vinichari or uh, Vinny Boombots, as we like to call him around here. Um, Curtis Samuel was then picked up, and Jamal Charles, like you say, right before uh, my turn was picked up. And I picked up David Moore. Uh, scored two touchdowns, caught three passes for the Seahawks this past week. I could use a little bit of boost at, uh, at a wide receiver position because I've got Allison and MBS on my team and Chester Rogers, who doesn't score very much. Uh, and when Hilton comes back, Rogers' value is going to go down. So it's going to be interesting to see what David Moore does there. So there you go. There's a, a, an example of a 14-team waiver system that ran one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight players were picked up, uh, you know, and we just do one waiver on Tuesday night and one on Wednesday. It's a very interesting league. You should check it out. Uh, Google it's just FF Webmasters, and you'll find the link there on my fantasy league. Let's get right to the injuries. Uh, we've already talked about some of them here. The first ones I want to talk about are in Indianapolis with you. Uh, Marlon Mack apparently practiced on Monday with a hamstring injury, and T.Y. Hilton, of course, still has the hamstring, and Jack Doyle has the hip. Uh, what's the latest on all three of these guys? Well, Marlon Mack, like you said, did practice. He actually had a partial week of practice last week, and they, he was questionable to play before inactivating him. I think with another decent week of practice, even partial practice, he's probably the most likely of those three to give it a go this week, and, and clearly they need something in the running game. Hilton and Doyle still haven't seen the practice field, and it 
sounds to me from some of the verbiage that Frank Reich is using that neither one of them is really that close to playing. So I, I'm going to say at this point on Tuesday, Doyle and Hilton are absolute long shots at best to play, and Mac is, is a real truly questionable 50-50 leaning toward yes. Okay, let's get to the rest of the injuries here. Dalvin Cook with the hamstring did not play this past week. Very questionable. We'll see what he does in practice. Uh, if he gets a full week in practice, he might actually return. Matt Bryda is not going to practice Thursday. They said that in the course of with the ankle injury. It's a mid to high ankle sprain, so he's doubtful. I, uh, they're saying one to three weeks, uh, you know, because conservatively there. <clears throat> wouldn't expect him to play this week. Lamar Miller was active on Sunday night, but with a chest injury, he did not play. He's expected to return to action and start this coming week. So Alfred Blue owners out there, you better plan on uh, having somebody else unless you also own Miller. Adrian Pearson, uh, there was some uh, question about whether he dislocated his shoulder or not. They're just calling it a shoulder strain. He's expected to play as a tough guy uh, this coming week. We'll see. Um, Darren Sproles with a hamstring, of course, sat on Tuesday. He's not expected to play this week. We'll see officially tomorrow. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Giovanni Bernard uh, with a knee, expected to miss one to three more weeks of action. Uh, moving over to the wide receivers, two big ones, Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cuff, concussions. We won't know anything on them until the end of the week, so if you're listening to this on Saturday or Sunday, hopefully you have some some uh, some uh, uh, late uh, news uh, that can point you in the right direction there, because I know that a lot of you guys on iTunes are listening to us on Sunday. We appreciate that. Geronimo Allison, like I said, concussion. Status is uncertain at this point. Looks like he's trending towards playing, returning to play there. Uh, Cat Cobb is very much questionable. Richard Higgins had a little bit of a breakout game uh, there for the Browns, but he sprained his MCL. He's expected to miss two-plus weeks. Paul Richardson with a right knee injury on Monday night. Uh, no updates there on that, but you'll get an update later in the week uh, with Washington there. Greg Olson with a foot hopes to play. He says he's going to need extra surgery on it at the end of the season. That's not good. But if he plays and starts, then you got to play him. Uh, I saw it on Twitter the last week he was running routes looking good and normal, but that's how he looked before he landed that foot on somebody else uh, on week one and he broke it again. Emin Ingram would have need a limit on Tuesday. Football, quite honestly. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I said I wouldn't touch Olsen with a 10-foot pole. He's just asking for a guy that's going to start and then disappear with a re-injury after four snaps. Yeah, could be, could be, guys. You know, uh, it's just that if you've got a guy like Olson and or somebody like uh, I don't know, uh, Jonu Smith, <laughs> and believe you me, there are people out there that have that option. Then you've got to go with a better player. But yeah, if you've got a solid guy like Kittle or somebody like that, then you're not going to be playing Olson until he actually proves himself that he can actually get through a game, come out of it healthy, and be productive. Uh, Evan Ingram with the knee injury for the Giants limited on Tuesday again. They're hoping that he'll be able to play for Thursday. It's a short turnaround again. And I'm, I'm thinking that if he doesn't play this week, he'll definitely return next week. And O.J. Howard, that knee is expected to miss one to three more weeks for Tampa Bay. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. 
Okay, we're running a little bit behind, so just check out the website, ffmastermind.com, for all the good free stuff. And, of course, we've uh, prorated our weekly fantasy premium newsletter down to 19.95 for those of you that want to try us for the cost of a pizza for the rest of the year. We appreciate your interest in that. Please follow me on Twitter, on Twitter at ffmastermind. Let's go to the picks to click and flick for week six. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like, Chris, and tell me why. Well, the most obvious one is everyone's talking about is Jameis Winston this week. I mean, he's got his first of four straight against beatable pass defenses, so he might be more than just a short-term fix for this week. Obviously, the Falcons are depleted, especially in the air and the secondary, so they're vulnerable in the air. He's got all the weapons that Fitz had in weeks one through four. Also, you look at his history against Atlanta. Winston's been over 22 points and averaged, averaged over 26 for nine of his last ten complete game starts, and he's got three straight games with at least three touchdowns against Atlanta. Jameis Winston has a lot of stuff going for him this week. Uh, Eli Manning is another one I like. Uh, with Barkley a little dinged, short week, the Eagles' strong run defense, I can see Eli taking to the air early and often in this one. They'll probably trail, and they have a very weak pass defense to go against, so a lot of options here. He's averaging 343 yards and three touchdowns in his last five games against Philadelphia. So think of that, two games last year against uh, the Super Bowl champs, he averaged 403 touchdowns without OBJ and, and Sterling Shepard. So Eli's got a great chance to do well again. Yeah, those are crazy numbers. Let's hope that it uh, leads to a win. As a Giants fan, we need one badly. A couple of uh, quarterbacks that I like this week, Matt Ryan. Uh, it's his turn against the Buccaneers secondary, so you're probably looking at a shootout in this one. Andy Dalton for Cincinnati. The Steelers can't stop anyone. I think it's a slam dunk that uh, that he rebounds a little bit off of a pseudo-down week for Andy. So you got him. Start him this week. A couple of uh, wide, uh, I'm sorry, quarterbacks that I'm not crazy about this week, Marcus Mariota. The Ravens have yet to allow a second-half TD. Yes, that is three through uh, five weeks. Um, I'm just not comfortable playing Mariota, even if he plays at home and he runs. I just, I mean, after that game in Buffalo last week, ugh, ugly. Derek Carr, Oakland, the Seahawks have allowed just three DD passes in their past three games. That's one a week, and that's not going to get it done for fantasy owners. Derek Carr, and who knows what's going on with Amari Cooper. If you got him, you got to start him, but uh, boy, you know, one target 10 yards last week. They got to get him going again for David Derek Carr, and uh, you know we'll see if that happens. A couple quarterbacks that uh, you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? I'll start with Mitch Trubisky. He looked like Pat Mahomes last week, but you know coming out of the bye week, I think they're going to pound the ball again a, a bit against a very weary foe, especially one like the Dolphins, who have allowed the second fewest quarterback fantasy points this year. The Finns lead the NFL in interceptions, and Trubisky is due from for some uh, regression to the mean after his six touchdown outburst. And then a caution play, I'll say, is Philip Rivers. Uh, they, the Browns have obviously been one of the better pass defenses around this season. Maybe a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, aside from that brain fart four-touchdown game against Oakland a few days weeks ago, they've only allowed three passing touchdowns all year, and they've shut down some solid pass attacks in Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and Baltimore. They can get after the quarterback. They've only allowed eight quarterback fantasy points per game at home so far this year. That's crazy. I'm actually starting Andy Dalton, you mentioned him in your clicks, over Phil Rivers in one league this year, this week. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? I like Latavius Murray. I'm not convinced Dalvin Cook's ready yet, and even if he is, you know, it's the Cardinals. They've been brutalized on the ground this year, especially by powerful interior running backs rather than the speedier ones. So I think Murray's going to carry the load as the Vikings wear out the Cardinals' front seven. And then I really like Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch this week. Seattle's allowed the fourth most rushing yards so far. He really got pushed around last week physically on the line of scrimmage. You can be sure Beast Mode wants to show Pete Carroll what he gave up on a few years ago as well. He'll be running with a little extra anger this week. 
So I would not bet against him or get in his way on Sunday. And, you know, the run game always travels well to London. That's usually a good run fest as well. I think it's going to be Marshawn all day for, for uh, Oakland. Yep. I like him, too, this week. Uh, big revenge play there. Okay, uh, a couple of running backs I like this week. Sonny Michel, uh, boy, you know, he's uh, really impressed the last two weeks from rushing for around 100 yards and a score. Chiefs just can't stop the run, so uh, this being another home game for Michel. I know that White gets a lot of the snaps and touches in there, but don't be hesitant to put in Michel. He get his yards and his score, too. Chris Carson, uh, I think, rolls over the Raiders. Like you say, uh, the running game real, runs real well over there in London. So if you've got Chris Carson, don't worry about Mike Davis. Uh, in fact, both these guys might actually score in this game, but Chris Carson is starting, so you start him. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about. Derek Henry hasn't done anything this year, and he's playing the Ravens this week. Forget about it. That's all i got to say. Alvin Morse, uh, the Packers play the, uh, the run very well at home. Uh, I know there's not going to be Breida in that game, but I think a lot of d- dump-offs to the fullback, uh, Juzovic, uh, Juzic, uh, whatever his name is. <laughs> anyway, uh, be careful with Alvin Morse. Looks like it could be just a 40- or 50-yard game, and if he doesn't score, that's about you're going to get four or five points there. Uh, okay, uh, how about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I won't even say Ryan Juszczyk for you. <laughs> okay. Juszczyk, with Alex okay. Collins. <laughs> Alex Collins. The Titans' run defense has not allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back yet this year, and Collins seems to be getting on a more tenuous ledge each week because of his fumbling, his lack of receiving. He's lost third down and the goal line snaps anyway. And even though Tennessee does seed a lot of rushing yards, the fantasy points just don't follow with, without receptions or touchdowns. So be very wary of Alex Collins. And then a caution play would be Joe Mixon. Um, even though he's going to get all the snaps in the Cincinnati backfield with Gio Bernard out, I think mixing can be a factor in the air and on the ground. But then you look at the numbers, and Pittsburgh has allowed the fewest running back receptions and yards and the fewest running back rushing yards and yards per carry. So there's points to be had here for Mixon, but, and in this game they might not be as readily available for the running back as you might expect. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Kind of got a gut feeling about Deshaun Jackson this week. I mean, the Falcons are obviously a mess defensively, and the problems in the secondary have come on long balls a lot. I know there's been a much-discussed disconnect between D-Jax and Winston, but I'm sure they work together a lot over the bye week, and I just got a, a feeling that they connect this week for, for a good long score. And then uh, kind of a sneaky play, especially for DFS guys, is Chester Rogers. Uh, I think Hilton's going to be out again. And you look at what the Jets have done. The Jets have allowed the most targets, second-most receptions, fourth-most yards to receivers, and it's almost all been the slot receivers. I've done all the damage. This is where Rodgers has thrived so far. He's had eight catches and 11 targets each of the last two games. Should be a great PPR option at a cheap price for DFS. Okay. I hope that's the case because I'll be starting in one of my leagues this week. Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. Uh, Julio Jones. I think he's finally going to score against the sorry Bucks. Obviously, you're starting him, but, you know, fingers crossed he scores this week. Jarvis Landry has been uh, not, not being very um, efficient with his catches, but I think he's going to score against the Chargers at home this week from Baker Mayfield. So if you got Landry, keep starting him, and I think he's going to come up big for you this week. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about. Stefan Diggs is my caution play of the week. Patrick Peterson is going to be all over him. I think Adam Thielen is going to get most of those uh, looks uh, from Kirk Cousins, who's been thriving under severe pressure this this year. It's really a testament. His uh, quarterback rating is uh, 107, second in the league, uh, despite all the pressure being under. And uh, by, for comparison's sake, Josh Allen is worse in the league against pressure, a quarterback, quarterback rating of less than two. Yes, uh, two 
for for Josh Allen. So anyway, uh, the other guy I'm not crazy about this week, Quincy Inunua. The hand injury doesn't help him. Uh, you get bad vibes all the way around. Robbie Anderson is emerging again. I just be very careful about Quincy Inunua, especially in a PPR league because uh, his his targets. He was getting eight, ten, twelve. It was down to five last week, and he didn't catch any any of them. So I sit him and make sure that you know he produces and gets healthy again before I start him. Uh, give me a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris. Uh, my caution play is Alshon Jeffrey. I think with the lack of healthy running backs, they're going to use the short passes to Aguilar in lieu of a running game, and that makes the slightly dinged Jeffrey a very touchdown-dependent option for fantasy. And the Giants have allowed the second-fewest targets and receptions to wide receivers so far, and only two touchdowns. And, it's, again, it's the speedier or the slot receivers and the secondary receivers who have done the PPR damage while number ones have been shut down by the Giants. And then a guy who's kind of just taken a nosedive is Will Fuller. Um, he's obviously nursing a bit of a hammy injury still. This is the one that's allowed Kiki QT to explode the last two weeks in his place and maybe usurp his role as a number two there. Buffalo has also quietly played extremely well in pass defense and allowed only one passing touchdown to wide receivers in the last four weeks, despite facing Rivers and Cousins and Rodgers. So I think Fuller's best on the bench this week until he reestablishes as a top option in Houston. Okay, a couple of tight ends you like and why. Got a feeling about Jimmy Graham this week. The 49ers have a lot of touchdown to a tight end in four or five games so far. Graham's also picking up the target slap with, with Allison and Cobot, like we mentioned. Um, he's also scored four touchdowns his last four home games against the 49ers, so it's interesting personal history there as well. He's solid in any format, but better in touchdown-heavy scoring systems, I think. And then I like C.J. Uzoma for, for the Bengals. Steelers are the league's most generous to opposing tight ends. They have a lot, a lot of stuff in the middle of the field and down the seam, and that's where he's been running his routes as opposed to Croft, the little short ones, uh, especially in the red zone. So, And Croft is likely out this week anyway, so the targets won't get split. I like Uzoma this week to be a solid PPR option. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Cameron Brait coming off the bye, of course. Winston loves him, and he faces a terrible Falcons secondary, so what's not to like there? And Austin Hooper had the big game last week. I think he's got another great matchup against the Bucks this week. So if you need Hooper, you're starting him normally, you just stick him in the lineup. Don't worry about anything he's going to produce. A couple of guys I'm worried about this week, Jeff Swain. Well, I had to start last week uh, when I lost another tight end to injury. Uh, I think the Jaguars are going to limit him and the Cowboys offense this week, so I'd be very careful there. And also Blake Jerwin and, and the other guys. Are, uh, and Rico Gathers are actually uh, sharing snaps with them too. Uh, Hayden Hurst in Baltimore is great talent. Uh, looks like he's got a nice future, but he's still not 100%. The Titans played the tight end very well, and he only caught one pass in his debut last week. So sit him and make him earn his way in your starting lineup. Uh, but a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about. And why, Chris? Uh, a couple of caution plays. I'll start with Trey Burton coming off the bye. The Dolphins have not allowed more than five catches or 50 yards to the tight end position in, in the last four games. They've not allowed a tight end to score yet this year, and they played Gronk and Cook, so that's, that's pretty impressive. Interesting thing about Trey Burton, he's played four years at, at Florida and then obviously five years in the pros. He's not scored a touchdown in the state of Florida since 2011, his sophomore year, so it's crazy with all those games in Florida. Uh, Jared Cook uh, is another caution play. The Seahawks have been pretty good against the tight end, allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points so far, much worse against the running back of a downfield receiver. So I don't think he's going to get his high target count like usual, and it's a caution play this week. Okay. Let's go through the one-hit wonders. These are guys that you might want to think about, uh, take a second thought and think, maybe I ought to start this kicker, pick up this kicker because my guy's on a bye or whatnot. How about the defense, too? So hit me with them, Chris. I like Jason Myers for the Jets. Indy's the third most generous to opposing fantasy kickers. They've allowed the most field goal attempts, the fourth most PAT. So 
Good chance for some opportunity there for Myers. Then I let Brett Maher in Dallas as well. Jacksonville's allowing 12 fantasy points per game to kickers on the road and a league-high 15 field goal attempts so far. A couple of defenses I like. I like Green Bay at home against Frisco. They've got 10 sacks the last two games, and so the 49ers and C.J. Beathard should be generous to them. And then I like Dallas at home against Jacksonville. They do get pressure, and as you saw in the game last week, Bortles does not fare well under pressure. They've also only allowed 19 points per game, like the fifth lowest points allowed in the league, so they're, they're actually a pretty decent defense so far. Okay. Uh, well, before I say goodbye here, we want to thank, of course, everyone for listening to us on uh, on iTunes. Uh, the other thing is, all we ask is that for we need more reviews. Uh, we've only got one or two reviews up there. Uh, if if you're uh, on your desktop, you should be able to click on iTunes, download that on your computer, and then click on Listen to the Show. Uh, search for Fantasy Football Mastermind under the podcast area, and then you'll see a list of details and then reviews. Click on Reviews, and then you can go ahead and leave a review. Uh, hopefully you leave a five-star review there, and we'll get enough reviews so we're ranked uh, in the first top 100 podcast for fantasy football. Anyway, well, thank you for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazareth. We'll see you all next week when we preview week seven of the 2018 NFL season. Goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.